Welcome to episode 248 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto guys, welcome along to episode... I don't know what episode it is, John. I'm going to pull up right now. 248. 248 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Good. It's good. It's going to be a good day today. Why is it going to be a good day? Scott Molina on the show. Oh, the legend. One of the best 15 triathletes of all time. Yes, I'll bring that up. I saw that against part of our news item. We'll go through that. Do you think he'd be top 10? Uh, You'd be be right on that sort of right around there. You're trying to make friends with him today, aren't you? (laughs) You'd be in my top 10, Scott. I'll tell you that to your face when you come around as well. Of course he would be. Um, I'm talking proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwhy.com For the world's smellingest, beautifulest, tastiest, lovingest coffee. Athlinks.com um, because it's amazing social networking a good way to keep track of your results and everything like that and extreme endurance lactic buffer for you to get faster when you're out racing and training in this week's show we've got news we've got a big big interview of Scott Molina we haven't actually done it yet so we don't know <laughs> what it's, it's like. going to be we hope he turns up I'm sure he will <laughs> uh, it's always good for a talk and then uh, questions and answer time at the end because it's pretty much going to be the whole show uh, so let's rock on let's get into the news Jombo and there's a uh, Ironman Japan. Has so seems- yeah, what's happened here? So last year Ironman, let's give a bit of an update on it. Last year Ironman Japan got cancelled, not close, pretty close to the race, wasn't it? Yeah, because of foot and mouth, which is fair, mouth. fair enough. Yeah. Um, and now that that actual area has been lost its Ironman status, or status or race. Or so they've gone on because they're tourism. They're looking for tourism, aren't mm-hmm. they? Seems, or at least from the article from Trijuice is saying they're trying to look, you know, with the money and the world and economy and all that. They're kind of trying to keep the event going, and it's called Go to. Nagasaki International Triathlon and I think it'll do well Ironman <clears throat> Japan has traditionally been uh, you know, largely for the, for the Japanese athletes a bit like Ironman New Zealand and things like that you do get, you get, you get a reasonable bump of uh, internationals coming in but it'll still do well triathlon is a very minority sport over there but their races all fill up there's not that many races and uh, they love it so you still think of a race like this because they haven't announced that Ironman will be putting on an Ironman race in Japan in 2011 um, and they haven't announced it so that's what it says down the bottom should read the, read the whole article John I should yeah it's not a big one either yeah, it's quite short it's <laughs> um, so it's got here WTC are basically saying this is not affiliated with them yeah. but they're working towards a new Ironman race for the summer of 2011 and hopes to make an announcement soon oh that'd be interesting I still I think uh, over there they can have two races that'll survive. Uh, whenever I've raced in Japan, the races sell out. Uh, very, very hard to get into races, so I'm sure they'll still still do well. Well, if you're interested and you're in Japan, because um, I'm sure we're pretty huge in Japan. Oh, the, bigger than Texas. I tell you. Uh, go to go to try.com. So it's really great news. Um, what else have we got happening here, John? Uh, no events coming up. There's nothing, no results. No results. There's nothing. Nothing to not talk e- about. Not even a 70.3 or half Ironman that we could find. When's New Zealand? March 5th so what's the next race uh, I'm in New Zealand I don't even think there's any 70.3s mm-hmm. it might be the odd half Ironman in Australia or something but that's pretty much it ok John let's start some controversy then so Inside Triathlon had their 15 greatest triathletes of all time and I went through the list and, and let's be honest these lists are always a bit of crap really because there's three guys sitting in a room going how about this and how about that it's kind of like what we're going to do right now really so. yeah, but I think they for the, for the most part they got it right uh, the only debatable ones I had would be having Conrad Stoltz in there he's won pretty much every exterior like well um, the problem is they've got it goes page by page no, it they have it? A, I, I can tell from all the pictures. 
No, no, well, I know that, but do you want me to go through every picture? No, 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 scroll Oh, up. okay, so there we so go. So they're, they're top 15 male athletes of, oh, oh, of all time. Uh, they've oh. got, Jesus, keep it, keep it still. They've got Craig, it's alphabetical order, they've got Craig Alexander, Mark Allen, Greg Bennett, Alistair Brownlee, Hamish Carter, Conrad Stoltz, Bevan Doherty, Gomez, um, have you had Gomez, Simon Leeson, Chris McCormick, Scott Molina, Craig Walton, Greg Welch, Simon Whitfield, and Dave Scott. So you've got three of the big four in there. And then you got I the, wonder if Tinley will be gutted. Yeah, but he wasn't Truth quite, be told. quite Truth up be told. in the same. He wasn't quite in the same league, league as uh, Scott Molina. No denying it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I don't deny that at all. You got me when I was having a drink. So I think most of them I'd agree with. I mean, the ones uh, that I would probably just probably wouldn't have had in the, my top 15 would be Greg Bennett. Um, he's a great athlete. He's been around for a long, long time. And consistent, really good, but I wouldn't put him in the realm of the greatest. So I substituted in my little list. What did I yeah, you went with Brad Greg, Bevan. Brad Bevan to substitute Greg Bevan. Now Brad Bevan didn't win any world titles, but he was the best athlete probably ever not to win a, win a world title. He got lots of seconds, uh, won a, a huge amount of World Cup races, and uh, was just a real pioneer in that sort of 90s era in terms of the ITU distance, so I would have substituted him in. Um, the other ones I would have changed out would probably not have Conrad Stoltz. I know he's killed it and dominated Exeterra, but it's not it's the same level, not is it? quite the same, yeah. I don't think. Yep. So I would have probably substituted uh, who did I substitute in for him? Oh, I had Brad Bevan in for Stoltz. And then no, for, no, no. Yep, for Greg Bennett. Oh, sorry. I was substituting him out, and I was kind of thinking maybe Miles Stewart, and you probably wouldn't know a lot about him, but no, he was. I don't. He was an Aussie who excelled at the World Championships for that one race of the year. He would always kick ass, and he'd he'd be getting his ass kicked all season, and all of a sudden he'd turn up to Worlds and he'd get a a medal, and he also won a lot of World Cup races. So probably substitute him in, or possibly Lothar Leader, because he was the first man to break eight hours hours, uh, at Ironman, and just a bit of a, a... Really good all-round athlete and got on the podium in Kona. You didn't, you didn't give you know, Walton in there. Walton's no, no. Walton was probably the last one out of that, but I'd be the first one. I'd drop out. Okay. He didn't. Uh, I mean, amazing swim biker, but didn't. I mean, he, he won a yeah, lot of non-drafting races. Yeah, I did um, think that when I was reading. It. But again, amazing athlete, awesome athlete. But I wouldn't consider the top fifteen of all time. And so substituting him and Luke Van Leer. I mean, I can't believe they haven't got him on the list. That's that's the one I'd say. That's crazy they haven't got him on because he's the course record holder in Kona. Um, fastest man ever uh, over iron distance race with his uh, record at, at Rote. Um, he's won world... Uh, okay, John. Middle, middle you know, half yep. Ironman distance stuff. He's a legend. He was, he was legend. But I want to I I go on. I've got a few that I'm, I was a little bit... I'm going to put some controversy out there, John. <laughs> right, hey. And with, with my extensive triathlon knowledge. First of all, Brownlee, don't think he's earned it yet. I don't if Brownlee never had to race again from here forward, would he still be on the list? I think he probably would be after that season he had. One season? Yeah, last season. And then then came back last year and won a world title, uh, win the world title. So. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I think he will be. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I don't think he's quite earned that yet. Mm. I'm just saying that is one controversy. Bevan? Bevan Doherty? Yeah. How many people have got medals at two Olympics? He's got a world title. Yeah, he's, he's, he's won a huge amount. Olympic races. He's, yeah, but he's got a medal at two of them. Yeah. That, Be- no. Okay, maybe wrong Absolutely with Bevan. Absolutely no way with Comrade that. Comrade Schultz I was with as well. And I have to admit, this game controversy. Oh, no. I'm out, yeah, I'm, put it out there. Well, maybe Alexander. Craig Alexander? What? <laughs> what? Well, it's like, he, he's done well in Kona, but lots of guys, like someone like Peter Reid. Where's Peter Reid? Yeah. 
but he's. I'd have Peter Reed over Craig Alexander. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Um, but Craig, Craig Alexander's won seventy point three half. I mean, what, no, Craig Alexander's got to be in there because he's won a huge amount of Olympic distance races. He's won a huge amount yeah. of half. Okay, maybe I'm wrong for Alexander. Peter Brownlee, Reed, Brownlee, I kind of don't know if he's done enough. And then, Look, yeah. if I hadn't defeated Peter Reed, he'd probably be on that list. I'm sure we're not putting this list together. If I can beat him, I mean, he's not in the top 15. Because does, does, because does Craig Alexander goes down as a triathlete, or does he go down as an Ironman? No, a triathlete. I'd say, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, then you say Simon Lessing, you know, he was the greatest short course athlete yeah, of all did time. Yeah, he did a lot more didn't, than Alexander did. Didn't, didn't do very well at Ironman. He won, um, won Placid, but never really did very well at Kona. So, mm. yeah, it always creates a bit of debate. So Yeah, Gomez, there's the obvious ones. You've got the, the Mark Allens, the Gomez, and, you know, all those kind of people. But, yes, very interesting, John. Uh, overall, though, was it not a bad compiled list? Just a couple of little roughies in there. Got a couple of quick bits of news that uh, came through from just emails and stuff. Now, who sent it through? I can't remember who sent it through, but sorry for not giving you the plug. But the guy who did 365 marathons, who was aiming to do yeah, 365 yeah. in 365 days, yeah. has just completed it nice work that is, we had that as a website the week a while ago yeah wait a second I think I got it where is it it's here what's his name his name is we better give him some love Stephen Inglis 49 and he's an he's an animal he's one of those guys who's just a nut bar you'd have to be yeah I mean when we looked at his website he did, yeah, did come across that absolute one. nut bar but hey mate if you can do that it's pretty legendary um, and then on Facebook uh, Graham Dean was saying that looks like Mac is going to be doing a challenged Cairns in June yes. so he's going to have a busy year um, so that may be you know instead of doing say surely he wouldn't do that and then go and do Roche and, or, or Ironman Germany who knows interesting text message yeah, it yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah good. he won't be doing Ironman Germany surely well, he has every other year, um, but maybe he's just taking a slightly different approach this year. Or maybe, yeah, well, maybe we'll do the half. Good on him. He is bloody good at supporting... Uh, he is, isn't he? Supporting up-and-coming races and up-and-coming series. He's associated with the TriStar thing, and uh, yep. I'm sure he gets well-paid for oh, it. Yeah, I'm Great. sure he's not a mug, but yeah, but, he does support the sport, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, John, there's just one other piece of news. Did you manage to see the Challenge of Wanaka coverage? I flicked over <laughs> last night. I uh, got the last 20 minutes, and I flicked it over, and I... Blinder and I are sitting there, what the hell? <laughs> Apparently it's the best coverage ever. Oh, it must have been. Hey, and, and actually, if you go onto Facebook, some of the listeners have been talking about it and just saying how, wow, what an amazing job Bevan did. You're spreading your cards too wide, wide here, you see. DJ BJ, doing, so what happened was I got the call. You're doing race commentary, you're doing... Uh, oh, mate, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the voice of triathlon, John. Okay. Bob Bevan, you're old school. Yes. I'm the new voice of triathlon. Righty hi. <laughs> I have to admit I was pretty nervous because yeah. I was doing it with Rebecca Bailey and she's like a guru at it. She's done it for so long now. Mm-hmm. And she's a real good chick. And uh, and we're in the room and at first I was real nervous but mm-hmm. by the end I was finding my mojo. Right on there. Yeah, you like that? Yep. So, I'm sure you record it. You probably watch it every night this week. I will. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Okay then, uh, is that news? Oh no, there's more. What else is here we've got? Oh, we need to get... Um, oh no, that's right. Also last week we had uh, we tried to pull out the results from the Israel man. And, and you were talking uh, about Herits. Aaron Hebrew. Hewitz, um sent, sent that link through. And apparently, again, I said as per last year, it's Hebrew, not Arabic, on the website uh, in terms of language you couldn't read. And Aaron kindly sent through a whole bunch of uh, Hebrew for us to do some translating, but we haven't done that. Yeah, well, well yeah, no. <laughs> But I did, I did try, places. Aaron, but I still couldn't read it very well. Really? Take forever? Yeah. Yeah. So this thing, symbols just don't mean anything to us, no, do they? No. Yeah, it's tough, John. I, I feel your pain. Right. It's time to pull up random.org. 
Oh, random.org. Okay, wait a second. You, Ran- you keep random. talking, John. Um, so a little while ago, we put up a prize draw on um, on our Facebook page to win a free entry into the Tri Grand Prix um, race of your choice. And you basically had to go on there. You had to become a friend of the Tri Grand Prix and also just put your name on our I mean, list. And we're going to have to go to our Facebook page as well. Okay, and we're probably going to have a pause. No, uh, no. You keep talking, John, because you're doing good. So Give them a plug. And so Tri Grand Prix, they're expanding their series this year, and they've also got um, a bit of a preview on their website, a bit of a, a sort of a movie clip of the races. So we're going to have to pause. We're going to have to count how many we've got here. No, I reckon. Well, I reckon there's about twenty. Well, what if somebody's number twenty-five oh, and I okay, get included we'll in the draw? Okay, I'm pausing. <laughs> here we go. Pretty exciting, John, because we're going to do it live on the show. Okay, we'll put the number in. I'm going to push generate, and then we're going to figure out who it is. Okay. Okay, ready? ready? Generate and. Oh, okay, we've got the number. Right. Okay, okay, so... Roll up. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, here we go. Oh, crikey. Rossin Hickey. Hickey. I'm from Kilkenny, and the Tri Grand Prix is coming to us this year, and I would love an entry. I'll pull up a page. Here it? we go. She's on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's quite attractive, John. <laughs> we obviously think you're quite attractive by John's little... Ooh. Um, no, she's wearing all her um, Father Christmas outfits on. She's off on her bike. Yes, she is. She's on the bike with the kid. Oh, very good. Getting oh, the that's a balance bike. Those balance bikes are good. If you're a parent out there and you want to get your kids into a little bit of riding, balance bikes are awesome. Why? They love them. They don't have any pedals and they can just sort of scoot along. So they get the idea of feeling the bike. They love it. And uh, she's a little bit deep looking out the ocean. Mm-hmm. Don't you love Facebook? You just spy on people. <laughs> She's off on a bike ride, so she's from Ireland, so good on you. So she's now got a free entry to try Grand Prix, which is in, uh, she's a pro- well, I imagine she'll choose the one down her way. Also her favourite athlete uh, is Philip Lavery. Yeah. don't know who he is. I think he must be a cyclist. So there you go. If you want to check out Tri Grand Prix, they've got a Facebook page. They've got plenty of links. Just chuck it on Google and you'll find it no problems at all. From No, no, how's her name? Oh, I'm, I'm guessing Rossin Hickey. Rossin Hickey. Rosson, make sure you email us through. Yes. Or, or, or should we just email her on Facebook? Or Facebook. Facebook and Abbey and say, hey, okay, send me a You just won. Okay, you keep talking. You keep talking. You just won. I'll put, what should I put here, John? You just won. You just won. And then I'll put you just won again. Yeah. Email us. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Quality podcasting. One. I even put again in there just because it's quality. And she won't get it now. Yeah. Email us. There you go. Bevan. There we go. I think you guys could see us in action here. It's Maybe I should put Kia Kaha because I always do Kia Kaha. Oh, very good. Do you know where I got that from, John? Michael Campbell? No, from you. <laughs> because we had, it on, we had it on the show. And uh, there we go, just sitting it through. Uh, we had it on the show. And when we first, when Glenbo introduced it to yeah. the show, and one day you responded in an email to someone and said Kia Kaha. And I thought, that's a good idea, John. Did I? So from that day forward, I always respond with Kia Kaha. I'm the innovator. You are, John. I just follow your footsteps. Okay, then, um, anything else? I think that's... Do you want to do a sponsor now and then hop topic of the week? Uh, yes. Okay. Coffees of Hawaii. Rightio, so for a while on our website, we've had the link going off to the, the page on Coffees yep, of Wine. Let's put this down my to-do list. This is going to be a to-do list. I set instructions. Um, that's been going off to the page on Coffees of Wine where if you buy, I think it's been, it's been 40 bucks, you get a, uh, a free bag of coffee. And that has neglected our I Am Talk specials page. So we're going to relink that up. So if you go onto our website, click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo, um, that'll take you through to a page, and that has got all the special I Am Talk listener codes. Okay, so do you remember the link? 
Uh, if you search for Albert, an email from Albert. Okay, we're doing lots of clicking on the clicking today. Sorry, guys. Yes. Yeah. So, coffeesofhawaii.com. It is a wonderful place to go. And Albert's just been over in Kona doing a bit of training with uh, with Gordo and a few others. And oh, really? we're going to have Gordo on the show in a few weeks' time. So that's another thing. You, you carry okay, on. Okay, I'll, I'll just keep talking. So, workout of the month. Um, I've posted up on Facebook our current workout of the month parameters. Uh, it's basically talking about... Big gear training. Um, who are you sending an email? No, I'm doing search. I'm stuffing up. You keep talking. <laughs> Don't worry about me. So, uh, so the workout of the month, we're going to be talking to Gordo about it. It's basically big gear training. So if you're into that sort of stuff, if you tried any sort of big gear workout. Gordo used to do some crazy stuff when he was in Christchurch. Yeah. He used to like ride. We've got a ride called Short Base, um, which is uh, a 45k loop. Tough climb, like you've got a you've got about going up a pass called Dyer's Pass. You've basically got about four k, maybe averaging sort of eight to ten percent, um, and then it flattens up, and then you go through a harbour and lots of hills. And Gordo used to used to do it in his big chainring the whole way, and um, it was pretty hard stuff. So if you've got any ideas on big gear training that you've tried, you want them checked out, put them on our Facebook page, and we will sort that out. I can't find the page, John. Okay, I can't find it, but I know it's somewhere. Yeah. And I'll make sure it's on our website today. Yes. But the big point is, get this big chain ring workout. It's on Facebook. It's on the wall. So it may be down a little bit as yes. things come along. So just check that well, out. Is that a good idea that I put on no, the wall? No, I do like the idea you put on the wall because then it goes onto people's walls yes, so people find it. That's good thinking. But the only problem with that is it can fall down the wall. So if you do want to be there, you may need to go down the wall. And just if you want to keep updated on any posts we do, obviously just be, to give us the I like on our page and then it goes yeah, on there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. But Coffees of Hawaii... Great coffee, unbelievable coffee. And we know that because you tell us all the time. But the thing is, if you want a good deal, go to our IM Talk page. I'll, I'll make sure I put the link on today, John. Otherwise, I'll get that angry, sad face you email will. from John. Yeah. And uh, so I'll put that on, and you can just click on that, and you can check out whatever specials they have for you right now. Very good. Dub, dub, dub. IamTalk.me, and no. then click on the Coffees of Y page. But if you want to go direct there, go to coffeesofwire.com. Okay, so it's last week's discussion of the week. Let me pull it up. I'm going up to back to Facebook. And last week's discussion of the week was... What was our discussion of the week last week? Oh, what was the best... um, Yeah, that was a good one, actually. The best thing you did last year to improve your racing performance or to grow as an athlete. Okay, so here we go. So we've got 28 comments on this one. It was a good one. Uh, You want to start off, John Burr? Gary Fegan hired a coach in September so won't see the benefits until this year well Blair Veen I uh, lost 10 kg and dropped my body fat from 13% to 8% in doing this I took 30 seconds off my 3k time 2 minutes off my 5k time 2 minutes of my 10k time 20 minutes of my Olympic triathlon time and 20 minutes of my half Ironman time training helped too losing the weight does help a lot especially yep. for the run a number of people so we had Rob Dallymore we had Kieran Smith we had uh Brett Whiteley, I think, on there as well, all saying they bought some sort of power monitoring device, Ed whether Hawkins, a power tap or a, uh, or a SRM or whatever. So that's a big thing for a lot of people. Alex, uh, uh, Jeremiah, that's a great name. Alexander, I love it when people have two first names. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Uh, did a two-man, 24-hour mountain bike race, 12 hours on the bike, with a cold, bad cold, make an Ironman ride seem a little less mentally taxing. Which is a good point. Jules Gorham, uh, I learned to make recovery a priority. Nice, nice. nice. Um, David Pierce, I did over distance, uh, 4K swims in open water without wetsuit. When the water temperature at Ironman Switzerland was high in the days leading up to the race, everyone was panicking about the non-wetsuit swim. I wasn't that bothered. In fact, it probably would have been an advantage in the end. It was a wetsuit, wetsuit swim. 
Christine McKinlay said she got a bike set up which actually made her feel comfortable on the bike. Oh, that's a big one, isn't it? Uh, who have I got here? Rob Boney. Um, I trained for and completed my second sprint triathlon. Small matter of 23-year gap. Yeah, you need to kind of shorten that up a little bit. Uh, so the main thing that changed, my mind. I can still do sports I enjoy. Last one for me, Andy Curtis. Best thing for me was to buy a TT bike. None of the back ache and pain I had before when I used my <coughs> road bike. It is interesting. So I suppose <coughs> if we look at this list, it seems to be three things. Uh, improvement in gear. Mm-hmm. Or, or feedback gear, you know, so mm-hmm. it could be bike or um, increased training mm-hmm. and breaking mental barriers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, they, they seem to be, if you wrap up what you guys have come up with here, that seems to kind of identify what most people have done, and isn't some, it? And a few people saying getting a coach. Yeah, and getting a coach, across. yeah. So I suppose if there's a message for you out there who's struggling, maybe you could have Go and get a coach, go yep. get a power meter, yep. train more, train less. Yeah, try more and, and maybe break down some mental barriers like um, the over distance stuff like mm. that you know like I, I've often talked about Epic Camp but I know for me those were often you know after doing Epic Camp and, uh, and Ironman seems easy mentally and that's the thing when you know we talk to the, the Brett Suttons and stuff and they say oh you don't get Chrissy doing more than five hours don't get them running more than sort of two and stuff I, I, I totally agree I think doing some of that over distance stuff is, is really good for you yeah um, you know I've Especially had, for people who are newer to the sport as well, because they haven't had that experience of going that far, mm, and totally. so it gives you confidence in your ability. Got, you know, you've got to be going over 180k um, a few times in your build-up, which for for back of the pack age groupers, they're going to be out there for a long time to do it. You know, say a 200k ride, but I think it's really valuable. I think the other thing to remember is, um, oh, oh no, not to remember. If you are looking at those four points we just made, you know, your gear, your coach your training and your mental you know I'm, we often find you're really great at one or two mm-hmm. so you know you might be a real gear geek and and um, really great at your training but really suffer on the mental so you could have then look at that list of four and go okay well if I'm going to improve one thing over the next three months what would be the thing that's going to have the most gains for my result in the long term so you could look at that and you go okay well I need to do some over distance just so I can get a mental strength that I need leading into a race or I need to train more or I need some new gear or maybe it's time I get a coach so yeah so there you go often those little weak areas of weakness as we <coughs> you, did, did you ever see them where um <coughs> sorry I'm losing my voice did you ever see them where you know one session one thing like you just stepped up uh, the biggest difference for me was actually in sort of my last year of racing when I just raced my pants off um, for basically a whole season and then took about six weeks of downtime of just training and then I came back and that's when I was best form in my life. So Is that when you beat Peter Reid? It was when I beat Peter Reid. <laughs> I had about three. That's why he's not on the list, John. I had about three amazing races um, at the end of a, end of a season and yeah, for me it was uh, just having a season of. You know, when I was race, doing heaps of racing, like racing back-to-back, week after week after week, um, I wasn't having amazing results. I was having good results, but then I absorbed that and then it kicked on late in the season. I suppose so, the question, yeah. like, because I know for me, cycle racing took me to the next level oh, of cycling. Yeah. You know, like, for me doing cycle, I did a couple of seasons where I just raced every weekend and it really took yep. my cycling to the next step. I suppose the question is, for an Ironman athlete, you know, because you're doing short course then, mm. so you can kind of race every weekend, beat yourself up, and, and you know, there's damage, but you can yep. kind of get through it a lot easier. If I'm an Ironman athlete, how much should I be racing in a way that's not going to be detrimental, and what kind of distances should I be looking at so I can get gain, but it's not going to hurt my key sessions? Well, I think it's like you said, is maybe, you know, devoting it. You're right, in an Ironman build-up, you don't want to be racing that much. You just won't be able to train consistently yep. enough. But having that period where you do race a lot, so whether you go, right, I'm doing, either doing a season or a short course, or I'm going to race a lot, 
or in my off season I might do cross country racing so I'm going to have a five month period where I'm going to race say every second weekend or you know you might have a season of bike racing and I think for those guys that have plateaued I think that's the best thing you, best thing you can be doing yep. you just you, you, you can't be racing run, eh? running racing and, and bike racing you, short course stuff you know like a 40k bike yep. race or a 5 10k runs you just hurts so much more than an Ironman or a half Ironman yeah. ever would and it, it really as you said one of the points here is that mental strength it gives you a much much different definition of um, pain and it must have benefit for your physiology as well oh, yeah, yeah totally. it must have a huge benefit like, oh, cool, we're getting deep here John yeah. it could be a coach, coaching's corner we're, we're timing it well for Melina we you better not be late Melina I tell you um, okay Hot next top, week discussion oh. so BAM oh that's right I don't have one BAM that's a great name lots of great names yeah. BAM so BAM is and we've talked about this a lot on the show in the past but we'll do it again um, here's a question for around the dot brand specifically the increase in the amount of endorsed products out there like the official IMM mattress or Avon aftershave do you think this is lessening the dot brand and by association the cutest of doing the official sporting Ironman race so yeah. is the way the, the um, what do they call it line extension they call that so the way they're line extending their brand do you think that actually hurts their brand or do you think it doesn't really matter and and you know what they're still going to have great races Mm. so that's a good question and just I have to give him a bit of plug here because he did say now where is it can you please give a shout out to my my club Team Tri Sport, who are based in Hitchens, England, and also have Gavin May, who is twice raced in Kona and gives tremendous amount of support for all those wanting to do iron distance events. So, for those at the Team Tri Sport, we love your work. Nice work. And Gavin, that's my dad's name, Gavin May. Yep. He was born in May as well. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, then, anything else we need to talk about before we can talk about sponsor? Or do you want to get Melina on first? I'll go into a sponsor. Melina's not here yet. Okay, let's do a sponsor. Sponsor! Extreme Endurance. Okay, um, you've got a big right up here, John. Well, no, this is, I think we mentioned this a little while ago, um, but we, we know, you know, the guys at Extreme Endurance saying that it's been a big response and it's all going very, very well. Um, but for listeners outside of the EU, outside of North America, and if you want to get hold of your <coughs> Extreme Endurance, this is how you do it. Basically, um, email your order to info at xendurance.com yep and then you just give them a buzz on you're right a little bit bigger John you're struggling with the font yeah. aren't you, I'll... you, you give, them the, give them a buzz on US number 877-754-0436 do that on Skype so it's free <laughs> and then you just uh, give them your credit card details so you don't have to email them it's not so safe um, and then they'll basically just let you know how much it uh, costs you got, you Tell them you're from I Am, I Am Talk. You know, you did 20 hits. Yeah, oh, you're just about to do any press-ups. And uh, they'll give you 20% discount and shipping. Uh, costs are approximately 7 to $10 US for first class international and approximately $28 for US priority. So they don't do that. Just go yep. for the first class. And uh, you're away. So it's only going to cost you 7 to $10 US to get it shipped outside of the regions they sort of service um, with agents. So, yeah. So if you are overseas in, in, in a region where they're not really shipping to you, this is a really good way to do it. And remember, Extreme Endurance is a product that's, you know, that a lot of our listeners are coming back and saying it's really helping them with their training. Uh, if you want to read a little bit more on what it's meant to be doing. If you've got any questions, email them through to me in the next few days because I'm going to do a little interview with Sandy at some stage in the next... Uh, week or two so just email through questions and um, we can ask Sandy them and uh, he'll be on the show in the next week or two great and then that way uh, you can figure out you know if it's going to work for you and your training and, and you know obviously we all want to be a little bit faster so this is another thing to include into that formula xendurance.com ok Jonbo uh, Melina's not here should I go should, the bell's not here anymore that's the problem no ok well we'll have a pause we'll have a pause for a second 
Or I could put some music on. Put some music on. Wait, have we talked about next week's discussion? We have? Yes. Okay. Here's, here's Melina. Here's the music. Okay, John. So you, do you want to do the intro? Yeah. So we've got... One of the uh, top 15 of all time, apparently. Oh, right. right. <laughs> Inside try. Inside try. To, and... and so we've got Scott Molina on the show. We, we did discuss this briefly before, but I subbed a couple of people out. I kept, I kept you in there. But, yeah, um, I kept you in there. I kept you in the top ten as you, well. He was questioning it. No, I said top ten. But but uh, one of the things um, I looked at, I subbed out Greg Bennett for uh, Brad Bevan, I think. Yep. And then I had uh, Luke Van Laird subbing out somebody else. Um, uh, Conrad Stoltz. Conrad Stoltz. And then, and then Walton, I had been subbed out by maybe Miles Stewart or something like that. Well, they didn't give their criterion, did they? No. Yeah. I mean, um, for instance, Brownlee is 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 a fantastic athlete. Thank you. Right? This is what I, mean, I said. He's probably he's probably the maybe the most phenomenal talent we've seen so far. But but without any criterion, like yeah. do do you need to go both long and short? Mm. Obviously, yeah. obviously not, because Brownlee's never gone long. Yeah. You know, do you have to race more than two years? Well, obviously yeah. not, because Brownlee's been on the scene two I'm years. Loving you, Millie. You're, you're so, backing me up. So, so I think they should just say these are the criterion that we used. Uh, but maybe it was just it was one of those Four guys sitting in a room, and they wanted to stir up some discussion. Yeah. I don't, you know, get some feedback rolling. I don't, you, you know, you're you know, you, you, what does it mean to you that stuff, that legacy stuff? Uh, it's nice. It's very nice. Um, but like I say, without any criterion to say, you know, we waited major championships yep. you know or that we waited success over many years or, yep. or we gave more weight to this or more weight to that you know you don't how do you decide yeah it's pick it out of the bum so one of the, uh, we we're going to talk about a few things so one of the things that um that i was interested in is for you to just tell a few things about the 80s because um bevan said the other day he said you know comparing you to chris mccormick and i was like it was quite hard to compare it, um, it is I, 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 yeah, I listen to every podcast um, but I, the, I had an interview with Bob Babbitt recently too and we were talking about this that a lot of the races that I had success in are gone yeah. So now everybody says, "Oh, you won some what? Some USBS series serves or something or other." Yeah. And and at the time they were important races. You know, at the time, World's Toughest was the highest paying race in the sport. Yeah. You know, Zoffingen used to be yes. a big race. You ask anybody now, you know, who, who won Zoffingen this year, and they say, "Zoll what?" You know, no yeah. one, no one knows. Has any idea? And so that, but that was an important race at the time. And so, um. We'll get back to context a little bit yeah. when we talk about Brett Sutton, but you know, in the context of 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 important races, you know, I, I did pretty well in the '80s, and now many of those races are gone. And and in the '80s, to tell you the truth, Hawaii was was not worth winning. Yeah. There, there was no money at all um, for until I think '86 or '7, and it wasn't really it didn't really get prestigious until about then. Yeah. So 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 the first five or six years of the '80s. Didn't give a hoot who won Hawaii. Do you, do you think that one of the problems is our short, our sport really does have kind of a short term memory? Like we do, and maybe it's because people come and go <clears throat> out of our sport so quickly that you know it's really only the guys over the last two or three years you know who really get a lot of the the prestige. Yeah, I I, I think there's a little bit of that, and um, but it's it's changing, it's evolving. You know, there was no Olympics when I was racing. Yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to race. Is it, it gutting? Oh yeah, I would have. I would have liked to have raced in the Olympics. Yeah. You know, if the, if I had the chance. Um, uh, same with my wife, and and but it just wasn't there. Yeah. You know, and so now someone can say they're Olympic champion, or um, and 
and, and it's like, well, I would have liked to have had that chance, but I never had that chance. So, yeah. so not that I would have won. I, I doubt if I would have, but it would have been nice to have the opportunity. Yeah. What about the races in the eighties? I mean, obviously the gear was way, way different, and everything was probably, you know, the clothing was different. But although I was looking at your finish shot and kind of through those photos here, and you, one thing about you, Melina, you always look classy. You always look sharp when you were racing. It was good. It was a good finish shot. But but what what were the the size of the fields? Um, maybe the competitiveness at the front end, were you racing guys like Alan and Scott and those guys regularly? So maybe just paint a picture of, say, a, a USTA race versus, say, one of the, the races they have, like a lifetime fitness race these days. Right. Definitely the fields are much deeper now, much deeper. Yep. You know, but I think, um, you know, Dave and Mark's uh, track record in Hawaii and their times, mm-hmm. you know, that, that shows the ability that they had. Yeah. And so... And so, yes, I did have to race them off. And Mark Allen, you know, I don't know how many times I raced him, probably 30, 40 times. And so, and so getting on the podium perhaps wasn't that difficult, but actually winning, actually mm. beating one of those guys, you know, Tinley as well, you know, was very, very difficult. And so, um, you know, a win back then was certainly as probably as hard to come by mm-hmm. as a win is now, yep. whereas to come in the top three you know, your chances were just if you fronted up, you know, you know, yeah. your chances were very good of taking home a paycheck. And so so that has changed dramatically. Now to come in the top fifteen or twenty in the ITU race is probably equivalent to us coming in the top three. Yeah. You know? Um, it's that competitive now. And so so certainly the depth that's that that has changed by a magnitude of ten or twenty. What about the size of the fields? Like I know because they they thought triathlon was going to be the next big running thing. Was it in the say the late? I mean, I basically came on the scene sort of early '90s, so my history from then on is okay. But sort of that late '80s period was were the fields huge in the states? Uh, the fields were big. Yeah, you had 500 to a thousand people all the time. But um, the pro fields were also quite big too, 30, 40 guys. But then the like I say, the depth of excellence. Mm. You know, you you might have had five, six guys who were who were who were good, and then the rest of the guys are just getting in the pro field because they could. Mm. I've got a question. It's just a bit of a random one. I was watching Nakona coverage with my flatmate not long ago, and and he was saying how the guys who are racing now look a lot more like athletes. Like he was like, "Wow, these guys are real athletes." So, and, and they were doing the you know the Iron War, so they're doing a comparison of both. And they had Alan and Scott who you know went faster, and you know its conditions and all the rest of it, but. What, what, what about the physiology of the sport, you know, and how it's changed? And it's not, you know, those guys were going just as fast then as what they are now. Your thoughts on that? Well, it depends on the, the, the photo that you're looking at. You know, if you, if you, if you get the right photo, uh, uh, there's, there's some of Dave Scott, for example, when he's 42, and he, was, he must have been 2% body fat. You really? know, it's just it's sinew and veins and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and he was always ripped as anything. And so was Mark, you know. Uh, Mark was Mark uh, was a fair-skinned guy, so he didn't look quite as ripped. You know, sometimes the white guys don't look quite as ripped, but he was he was as lean as anything. And um, and as far as the athleticism, you know, um, I would say the athletes now are are a little bit faster. You know, but we did have some um, unbelievable guys uh, like. Uh, athletically, like a Dijon Madruga is a good example. No one's ever heard of him. Oh, a Brazilian yeah. Olympian uh, who um, he got a couple fourths in the Olympics. And he, and he swam low 15s, I think 15, 13 for 1,500 meters. Uh, you know, some of the French guys, um, you know, who went, went eight minutes for 800 meters uh, in the pool. Um, yeah. You know, I, I ran 30, 50 on the track when I was 19 before I ever took up triathlon. Yeah. You know, and so, so I feel like I probably improved as a runner. I never actually ran under 30 yep. on the t- for a 10K, but but given my development, you know, I, 
I assume I, if I'd have focused on running or, or had, or, or focused on shorter racing, I probably would have broke 30 for, you know, and, um, and yeah. Simon Lessing is another good example of, of, of talk about athletic ability. You know, I mean, I still think he, his, his natural, not natural, his, his ability as it, when he was at his best was, was as his athletic ability was as good as anybody who was at Brownlee, you name, oh, yeah. name anybody, you know, he's, he, he certainly was right there in the talent area you know yeah. but if you were running 30, if you were running 30 flat you'd still be pretty competitive on the ITU circuit these days I would have thought you, you, you know yeah, you wouldn't it, be but, winning but like I say it was different we we did all distances yeah. you know um every every week in your training you you knew you had an ironman coming up mm. maybe two or three that year you know so you could never get too far away from training for an ironman mm. you couldn't just say well I'm going to do a short course season and two weeks prior to an Ironman, I'm going to get ready for it. You know, you were always getting ready for it. And so I think that did slow us down to a degree. Mm. Yeah. But One of the um, interesting people we had on the show recently was Brett Sutton, and you, you listened to the two interviews, and, you know, his philosophy is, is seems to be pretty black and white, it's sort of his way, and, and that's the way it's got to be. And if, if you're not doing it that way, you're, you're not quite uh, not quite there. And you had some some thoughts on some of his um, comments because I think some of our listeners went away from that thinking oh I've, got, I've just got to change everything yeah. I, I don't need to go and do sort of epic style training or I don't need to go and uh, run longer than two hours or ride longer than five hours and yeah, he's got some interesting concepts and he's had huge success um, but you probably I don't know you, you probably know a lot of athletes who have maybe been through his system or yeah, just some of your thoughts on what he had to say well I did I, I was I was very surprised by a lot of things he said but so but for, and so I, I I thought well perhaps I can add add some context you know where Brett's coming from um, uh, and and why perhaps the the average age grouper who's listening to your show you know would uh, should uh, and would uh, want to think twice about some of the things that he said first of all I I admire the guy he's, mm. I think he's a great coach and some of the some of the success that he had has he's had tons of success but but especially. Uh, working with some of the really bright women uh, that I know personally have known over the years, like Jackie Gallagher and Siri Lindley, mm-hmm. you know, they they have tremendous praise for the guy. And these these are very smart women, you know. And um, they they say that you know Brett could get the best out of them, you know, that he, that he definitely got the most out of them, and um, and so he has a way of pushing people's buttons uh, and getting the most out of people that that other coaches, you know. They don't have the knack for that, and um, so all credit to him for that. Because um, it is an art, isn't it? It is an art, yeah. and 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 having said that, I can tell you from my experience with with coaching that that oftentimes or most of the time, women will perform for the coach. Oh, really? They'll kill themselves if they believe in the coach, and the coach says do this. Yeah. Whereas men, um, as he mentioned um, uh, during the interview, uh, you know, believe in their own ideas a lot more. And uh, it's 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 difficult to get um, men who already have made up their minds about how they want to go about things to come to accept your ideas as yeah. a coach, you mm-hmm. know. And so, um, so I think it's one of the main reasons he's had so much more success with women. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I, I do want to say that that I do admire the guy and I do respect what he's done. But in the context of of of, of giving advice to age groupers, you know. Unfortunately, he's lived in the bubble that is Brett Sutton's world that he's created. He's yeah. created this bubble of elite uh, performance and, um, and worked with elite athletes ever since he was a, a swim coach. You yeah. know? And, um, and, and, and he hasn't stepped outside that bubble. He hasn't had the opportunity to step outside that bubble. And so, 
I'll give you a few ex- examples. Um, you know, he was talking a little bit about uh, main sets and swimming. And he says, somebody comes to him and says, you know, my main set is four two hundreds. And, but he doesn't say in that interview, you know, well, where are you at in your training? You know, how good of a swimmer are you? Yep. You know, what, what part of the year is it? You know, and I can tell you, if it's a newbie guy who's never done the sport um, and says, oh, well, this is what I'm doing in swimming, you know, without all that context, you have no idea if that's the type of set they should be doing or not. And he comes out with 4100s in the interview. And, and I can, we, we all know, you know, a set like that is, is a big set even, yeah. for, even for us. Um, and so, and so in, instead, of, instead of discussing a little bit about that context, he just says, mate, you got to be going 4100s. Throw out that, <laughs> that 4200 bullshit. You know, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, and, and same thing with the gym training, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people, you know, when they sign up for an Ironman, just because they've signed up doesn't mean they're ready. Yeah. You know, most of the time they're not even close to ready. They're they're a million miles from being ready. Right. And so as a coach, you have to say, okay, you signed up for an Ironman. (laughs) I think, I don't think it was a great idea, but you're doing it right. Okay. So now how do we get from point A, which is where you are? point B which is doing the race and and most of the time you're even even if you're the best coach in the world and the, and you have the most compliant athlete you're still going to be by the time they get to the starting line they're still going to be a long ways from actually doing doing that thing pretty decently right and so and so one of the ways that you can you can get a person there a little bit quicker a little bit more safely is get them in the gym and do some do some strength training right and um, and the way he, the way he just sort of throws out the whole idea of strength training, you know, in that interview and just poo poos it, I think you know that's that's a mistake. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've, like I say, uh, to a lot of people, you know, in in my experience, um, there's a lot to gain for most people to go in the gym at some point and do something, you know, yeah. and um, and so again, you have to look at the context of the athlete where they're at, you know, if they're a 50 year old weakling. You know, who's never swam a stroke in their life? You know, they've been a secretary. Well, you know, that woman is gonna is gonna benefit a ton yeah. from getting in the gym. Um, so again, you know, it's context. Um, one more thing um, that in the interview, uh, you know, uh, uh, that um, he was talking about with age groupers um, was. Um, was again, um, you know, coming from a, a, I think a, the bubble that is Brett, and not having, not having worked with a lot of people who are coming from nothing. It's funny you just say that because I remember years ago you said to me, um, you're talking about someone else who was coaching people, and you said their problem is they don't deal with everyday people, and you know because in my role I, that's what I deal with, <clears throat> and so my communication skill is with the everyday person it's not necessarily with the, the elite level I just remember when you, know, you mentioned right. that it's really taking me back to that is that well, my, my, one of the reasons I started I went to through personal training and I was a personal trainer at Les Mills because I came out of that bubble myself right yeah. I was an elite athlete and I wanted to be coach and people were approaching me and I'm and I'm thinking I have no idea where these people are coming from yeah you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about this this woman who's 42 years old, you know, she weighs 95 kgs. Yep. She's never done anything athletic, and she says, "I want to do a triathlon." Mm. I'm like, 
holy Toledo, you might, as well, you might as well have come from Mars. I have no idea. I have no idea. And so it took me a few years being a personal trainer and just working with normal people who had normal goals, like yeah. I want to lose five kgs. Yeah. I want to be a little bit fitter. Mm-hmm. I want to run a 5K. Yeah. You know, to, to, to work with those people, you, you get a much better uh, perspective of, of, of how to go from point A to point B. You know, I've signed up for an Ironman. Okay, now I want to do it. You know, and so unless you... Unless you deal with people like that on a regular basis and you go through that process often you really have no it's 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 too it's too too hard and so i'm surprised that brett just doesn't say look i coach elite athletes um that's my world yep Mm. age groupers you know go find someone who works with age groupers and understands you you know and and instead i was like i said i was shocked that he he just started shooting off you know you should be doing this should be doing that throw out the weights do 4100s and and with no with no context yeah you know what about um, he doesn't you know tend to radically change people's technique you know in terms of he mentioned Caroline Stefan and said you know he's not going to try to teach her to to run you know like the pose method or anything like that. What are your sort of thoughts around you know changing people's run technique? Hilary Biscay is another one. I, th- I don't think he's tried to mess too much with her technique. What do you, what do you sort of think about that? I think you can always improve your technique, and you should try. You should. There are definitely more efficient ways, um, you know, uh, to to do things: swim, run, bike, and and sometimes, yes, you know. Um, and I've had have I've had people, you know, I coached master swimming for six years, where you know, they honestly did not make progress mm. from from day one to day to five yeah. to yeah. five years later. Yeah. And I, and I tried everything in the book, and and I'm sure he's had people like this too. And and in that in those sorts of cases, you you know you just you want to just throw up your hands and say okay, yeah. let it go. Yeah. Just do a lot of it and hope hope for the best, you know. <laughs> and and um, and I you know and I and I and I come and go with that. But I think for the most part, yes, you can you can always work on your technique a little bit. You can always improve it a little bit. Um, if if you if you ah that was the other thing flexibility. You know in in in. In his his, inter- his interview with you guys, he he said, you know, you you only need a certain range of motion mm. to oh, run. No, you, you yeah. know, you don't need a great range of motion to run. You need, don't need a great range of motion to bike. You don't need a great range of motion to swim. Stretching is a waste of time. And he just threw that out there like <laughs> like like the black and white. Yeah. And and I'll give you me as an example. For me, you know, to to get down in the air position. You know, I almost need a 80 kg squat bar on my back to get my stomach down near my quads. Like in the morning, I can barely put my shoes on. Right? It's like, how are you going to get in the air position if you if you can't even get your stomach, you know, a, a foot from your thighs? It's not because you got a big stomach. No, no. You know, I mean, some people are very, very tight. Yeah. And and you think you think you're going to get in, in a good position on a bike if you can't bend over and reach your foot? Yeah. You know, um, well, that's with a bent leg. You know, and. Uh, and same thing with swimming, you know, if you look at some people and you go, mate, you know, you, 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 you can't put your arm above your head. How are you going to swim? And so I think there is a place for flexibility um, with most people. And certainly there are some people who it's vital. Yeah. It's absolutely vital that they, they become more flexible or else they haven't got a hope of, of, of doing decent in the sport. Um, so Hayden Woolley always talks about the, the ankle flexion. You know, like how people, older people would drag because they've they're got no flexibility through their ankles. It's all that kind of stuff. Isn't it, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes the body position completely. Yeah. And so, and and so that was the, another another, a thing where where you have to have some context, right? Mm. You have to look at, at people and and if a, if a person can't put the shoe on, you know, they ha- they're going to have issues 
you know, doing being good at, at triathlon. And it's a case-by-case example, though, isn't it? I mean, you have people like John Hellmans who doesn't do any stretching, but he can get into a nice aero position and he's never stretched and he doesn't get any injuries, but then there's a lot of people, like you say, who... So, so I suppose the, the question is, for the people listening right now, is what would you recommend if I'm an age group out there listening to this right now? What would be your advice? My, my advice is that, first of all, don't... If, if you've been getting advice, don't just throw it out. Okay. Because Brett said, "Don't stretch. Forget it. Waste time." Yeah. I would say if you've been getting advice, you know, uh, there's probably a reason. Yeah. You've probably examined uh, who or what you're going to get advice from. You've probably said this person has some expertise. They are going to take the time to understand me and yeah. where I'm coming from and my body, my time, my energy. You know how life impacts training, the whole bit. And they're going to take all these things into consideration, and, and then they're going to give me advice that is suits me that's the best advice for me and I would say continue to do exactly that yeah. you know um, you, you are an individual um, and so even if you read you know uh, everything that you can about the sport and and um, and and get good advice you know you're still a unique individual and you're gonna have peculiarities that that need to be dealt with and yeah. so and so yeah I'd say you know don't don't take the cookie cutter uh, approach to your to your own training, you know. Um, and, and make sure you have good advisors. Yeah, and mo- but most people do. You know, yeah. most people, um, if they hire a coach, uh, you know, they, they do some research, they ask questions, um, and they expect that it will take some time to get to know them, yep. you know, and their strengths and weaknesses, and and work out the, what they should be doing, yep. where they should be spending their time and energy. Because we know it's precious, you know. You can't. Uh, you know, you can't just say, "Oh, you know, you need to stretch ten hours a week." When the, they only have ten, yeah, hour, 10 yeah. hours a week, so so it's it's um, it's not an easy thing to to come up with the perfect plan for everybody, you know, and and not coach ev- not every coach is right for every athlete. But I think for the most part, you know, if you start from the premise that I'm unique and I'm going to have some unique problems and I need to deal with those, you know, uh, if you start from that premise, then you're going to do all right. So for those people that are little uh, stretched in terms of their availability for time. We've got the... Uh, I it's in a book. Oh, We've yes. We've got the, the one-hour workouts, 50 swim, bike, and run workouts for busy athletes by Scott Molina, Mark Newton, and Michael Jack. Um, was it Jacques? He's from Wellington. I don't know yeah. Michael, but how do you... I, don't, I presume it's Jacques. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about this book um, <coughs> and who it's sort of pitched at and, and sort of the background behind it. Well, it, it was an idea that... Um, that came from um, Velo Press and uh, Amy White, who used to be an e- editor, uh, uh, very active in, in triathlon, and now has gone on to uh, her normal day job. Uh, she lives up in Wellington, and so she, lady. yeah, so she approached us uh, about this idea, and said, you know, most people only have an hour at a time to work out, you know, a lunch hour perhaps, or an hour before work, or an hour after, you know, and they don't always know what to do. Let's come up with an Id- uh, a book that that uh, addresses all the swim bike run different intensities you know all these all these different things that you can fit into an hour yep. so if they're if they're if they're thinking i've got an hour and i want to do a swim or a bike or a run you know i want a resource to use and so and so we we worked together to come up with this and my part was probably less than 30 <laughs> percent <laughs> but uh it was a really enjoyable process to go through because um again she said look we're only going to take workouts that last an hour you can you can you can add, you can add a little bit of, of editorial at the end saying if you want to take this over an hour, yeah. but but that's that's the premise is that most people have an hour 
to to do a training session and um they want some variety you know they want some fresh ideas uh which is a problem in our sport because i think a lot of people just go out and ride for an hour or go out and run for an hour they don't have purpose or an objective to their training and you know once you add that objective or or sets or whatever to it it does make it there's more benefit to it isn't there right and and she wanted to, us to talk a little bit about what the workout each type of workout is trying to achieve yeah so if you are thinking i i want a an interval workout if i want a tempo run you know, if I just want an easy run, and a, uh, but I can't run outside, yeah. I just have to go on a treadmill or whatever, you know, um, you know, explain the workout, the benefits, and why you would use that type of workout. Yeah. And it's sort of broken into base period and diff- different sort of, different sort of periodize, a little bit of periodization as if you Yeah, and yeah, yeah, there's some workouts that, you know, are, are specific to race prep maybe, and, and yeah. some some are, are just when you're, you're just bored to death and you're, you know, you live in Ottawa and you're... You can't get outside for five months and and just add a little bit of variety to your to your normal uh, normal schedule. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Camp France, but before we do, I, I thought because we got you on the show and, and you're the best storyteller there is around triathlon, mate. I thought we should share a Scott Molina story, and and I want to share the story about lessing when you're doing the team racing. Can uh, you tell? Can you tell that story? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a pretty good story. It's a great story. Well, one of the one of the. There's another. There you go. There's another event that disappeared. Yeah. Uh, it was called uh, France France Iron Tour. It still guys, but it's not the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it's 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 a shadow of its former self. Yeah. And and uh, when I did it, it was six stages. And and it it was a. So you did that over a few days. It was a hell of a race. It was six days. And uh, I'll give you an example. The last day there was a time trial in um, Lake Vaginet. It had a, a pass. You went up, up and over, and then you went to the uh, to this long valley, and then you climbed. You, you on your bike. You went to the to, um, to the base of Alpe d'Huez. You biked up Alpe d'Huez climb, and they had a brutal uh, 9.6 k run in the village to finish. And that was the last. That was the last day. That was the last <laughs> day. And um, but they had some draft legal races. Um, and um, and the lesson story I'm going to tell you. Uh, so it was a team event. It was a team event. Okay. Right, and so and so, I had a blast because we had we had the best team, and we uh, we had Lessing on my on my team, yeah. and uh, and so we killed everybody. <laughs> and um, Pig was on my team, Jimmy Riccatello, Andy Carlson, who was another fifteen thirty six uh, pool swimmer, uh, you know, fast fast swimmer, um, and Wes Hobson, uh, so uh, all Americans and um, and Lessing. So anyway, uh, the the first day started with the team time trial, which was a normal sprint distance, yeah. 750 swim, 20k bike, 5k run. Yeah. And um, they set us off about two minutes apart. And so Andy led us in the swim, and he was doing a bit of backstroke to make sure uh, everybody didn't get dropped, <laughs> because he, you know he's he's such a uh, a good swimmer. And 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 Jimmy and uh, Pig were just barely hanging on to the swim. Lessing, of course, <laughs> Lessing, of course, was having no pro- no problem at all. So then we got on the bike, and um, Pig just kept absolutely annihilating us with these surges and I had to keep telling him to slow down because he was going about 48 to 52 on the front uh, and uh, you know when I was taking my pulls I'd come through at about 44 and I'd, <laughs> I, said, I said this is what we should be at this is what we should be at Mike and so uh, so we passed a couple teams um, straight away and there were two minute gaps so we had already made up four minutes on the bike uh, wow. by, by the end of the bike and uh, so I thought we've won this thing you know we're going to be in the lead and so we get on the run, and I, I thought it would be just a relaxed run because I knew I could outrun um, Jimmy and Wes and 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 Pig probably, uh, although we were pretty close at that point, and and maybe Carlson. So um, so Lessing, I figured, would just you know 
cruise. Which is cruise. And so, um, so we start running, and uh, I figured we're, I, would, I would run maybe 15, 30 to 16 minute 5K, you know? And so that's about what everybody's going to run. And so we start running, and all of a sudden, Lessing starts pushing, um, I think it was Wes, who puts his hand on his low back. And he starts pushing him. And we hadn't discussed this. And so I'm like, what the hell are you doing, mate? And so he pushes him up the road. And, 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 I'm, and so then I start, I start speeding up to stay with him. I'm like, if he's going to push west the whole way, I better get my ass moving. I'm going to get dropped, right? And so I'm getting dropped by... by, by and and it, looks like, it looks like almost like Wes is falling off a cliff and still trying to run, right? His legs can't go fast enough, right? And he's like all spastic, but what lesson is pushing him. And so then... Um, um, uh, what happened? So then we're running along, and all of, at about the 1K, Riccatello's, he's going, oh, man, I can't, I can't keep up. So Lessing looks back, and, and man, Riccatello's getting dropped. Is it Riccatello? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Anyway, so, so Lessing drops back, goes back, gets uh, Riccatello, and pushes him, and pushes him right past us. And as, we're, as that's happening, we're catching Hobson. Who had who had yeah. pushed up ahead? So Lessing goes back and forth doing this yo-yo of pushing um, uh, Hobbs, uh, Hobson and Riccatello and Pig and I are like we ain't getting pushed, man. We ain't getting pushed. Come on, come on, Mike. And so we're just we're just rooting for each other just to keep to keep keep up. And and Lessing, we did I think we did about fifteen thirty-five for that for that five k. And Lessing was going back and forth pushing people the whole way. Wow. And and he really was just that much better than the rest of us, really? you know. And and he won every stage, you know. He won the thing, hands down, wow. you know. And um, and that was. What was it like? I you think know, it was you were a highly voice. I was. I was. I, I was like, oh boy, you know, this is the beginning of the end. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't hard to see. I was not going to beat this guy. Wow. You know that he was. He was uh, significantly better than me. Wow. And I was still racing pretty well. I think this was about ninety one. Yeah. And. Um, uh, but he was just that much better than than the rest of us. Really? Yeah. Wow. Freaking nature. Well, you know, he 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 started at a very early age too. Yeah. You know, he 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 was a talent at sixteen, seventeen, and um, so, you know, by the by the, his early twenties, yeah. you know, he had he had come a long way. He'd already been in the sport, I think, about six or seven years. Wow. And so it's not like he just came out of the blue. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, he worked hard for it. Um, but certainly he was he was a badass. I'll tell you what, so what, we're going to talk about Epic Game France. So Epic Game France. Yep. What's this deal? Coming up in August, Scott and I are heading over there. So it's uh, it's probably going to be the last Epic Camp we've ha- we're going to have. It's the end of Epic Camp. Y- yes. Well, it's the finale. It's the plan, but we need uh, we've got we're all booked up. Flights are, flights are all on, so we're there. So we've still got spaces open. So tell us a little bit about the camp, Scott, in terms of the route and some of the climbs we're going to do and. The experience you're gonna have. Well, it's in the Alps, and um, and a lot of people know some of the famous ones uh, like Alpe d'Huez. Um, if you if you follow the tour, you know there's a million mountains there. Um, Imbraman course. Well, the Imbraman, um, that the Colisois, as I think is how you pronounce it, that sucker's eight 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 thousand three hundred feet at the top. It's one of the higher passes in um, in Europe, and man, that's a biggie. And um, so Imbraman uses that course, and it goes over. Uh, Calls one drops into Briançon, where we're staying mm-hmm. um, another another night, and um, so we, we're we're going to be uh, down there in Embrum for a couple days, uh, and um, it's a fabulous lake to swim in, by the way, um, one of the nicer lakes to swim in actually, and um, so we're, we're moving around. Um, we're going to Annecy because that's one of your 
Uh, one of awesome. your one of your favorite places. The, yeah. I know a lot of people probably have saw the the time trial they had around the yeah. Lake Annecy and in the, in the tour a few years ago. Um, yeah, that that area of France is just you know there's a million roads to ride and you know you could you could be there a month and never have to do the same ride really? twice. You know there's just so many roads to ride, and so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's in August, mm-hmm. um, which is. Um, uh, hopefully, when the, the tourist season is is starting to die down a little bit, you know, most of the people in Europe have have had their holidays by the time we get there in mid-August, and so uh, hopefully the traffic sh- shouldn't be too bad. It, but it will still be very very warm, and um, um, so for people doing um, late season races, especially, you know, if they're if they're um, geared up for races in September, October, November, um, you know, it's also it's also very good timing to go um, to go and have a have a couple of weeks uh, training some somewhere out of uh, you know out of your out of your ordinary uh, everyday training areas and and out of your comfort zone as well. And, and one of the other things that, that Brett Sutton sort of mentioned was a bit about you know the Chrissy Wellingtons and, and whatever you know they wouldn't typically ride you know more than five hours and wouldn't typically run you know longer than two hours. But Epic Camp we obviously do quite a bit different and there's obviously benefits to doing that. Yeah, and and um you know part of Epic Camp is just is just seeing it's just learning that you can reach for more you can go past what you thought you could do and you you bounce back and you're okay yeah you know liberate your mind eh? it does liberate your mind you're thinking you know a lot of times you know i can only do this or if i did this i'll die you know and or and it's like it's like the mentality you have in a race you're thinking i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying well you're not dying you know, it's uncomfortable. It hurts, but yeah, you're, you're, not you, dead. <laughs> you're not dead. You're okay, and you can keep going. Yeah. And so, so that's one of the main things that you get from really challenging yourself uh, on a on a day to day basis in an environment that is like Epic Camp. Well, I think the thing is, is it, it, you know, the training, the benefits, the mental, but it's it's the environment of being around a bunch of people who are, are all pretty high level people. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I loved about Epic Camp was that you're around athletes who love to push themselves, but they're also people who are high achievers in all areas of their life, and so you. Get get a mix of people which is really amazing the, the camaraderie the experience you know Melina's stories you know everything about it is, it's just an experience that you'll remember for the rest of your life like it really is I'm sure everyone who's ever done Epic Camp will say that it definitely goes down as a life memory memorable experience for me and you know this is the last one which is sad but at the same time if you ever want to jump on and board and experience an Epic Camp this is the time because it's a beautiful location great bunch of people and you'll definitely take your training to the next level so it's a no brainer it's a no brainer um Anything else happening, Scott? You're still riding your bike plenty. I'm still riding my bike plenty. Um, I've had a had a period of, of trying to take a little bit of a break from running. I had uh, ran all of last year, uh, getting ready for Kona, mm-hmm. which was my first full year. Well, ten months of running uh, this century uh, <laughs> since 2000, and so so I've decided I'll just take more breaks from running. In the future, uh, really, every, every, every year I'm going to have at least probably six to twelve weeks of off running, oh. and hopefully I can. If I do that, I can keep running uh, some parts of the year forever. Yep. So um, I'm just um, riding my bike, lifting weights like an idiot, and um, and doing some bike racing uh, until until probably oh April, and then I'll I'll ramp up my running. I'm running a little bit, swimming always swim. And so, you know, training as usual, uh, you know, for the most part. I'm going to have to dust off my, uh, dust off my bike so you don't oh. take me down on any of those KOMs. Well, <laughs> I'll probably have five, five kgs more uh, 
going up those mountains than I had last epic camp. So it's all muscle, but it's all power and strength. It's still, it's yeah. still, you still got to carry it up those mountains. So <laughs> no, your 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 KOM uh, jersey is safe with me. Oh yeah, okay, well thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's always great to have you on the show, and uh, I'm sure people will love hearing what you're saying and what you're doing out there, mate. You're well, welcome. Good. I've been really enjoying the show. I I I mostly listen to podcasts now when I uh, yes, ride my, when I ride my bike, and so. Uh, so I always look forward to catching up with the latest podcast when I'm out on my bike. I love you, mate. Right, well, we'll see you when we see you again. Probably only for Camp France. Yes. Yeah, bring it on. Look at that now. So there you go, Molina is on the show. Legend it is. It's just saying, Bev, I've got to be careful what I say about him now because he listens every week. That's right, but hey, but, you, uh, you, when you do this stuff, you've got to be able to say stuff that you say to people's faces. That's right. Can't hide behind the, the microphone, John. He's in that top 15, probably in the, well inside the top 10. <laughs> and he's a... Mac is nothing compared to him. <laughs> You're nothing, Mac. Nothing. Mac listens every week as well. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, let's put some music on doing the questions and answers. Here we go. Questions and answers. Okay, then. Uh, have done uh, last sponsor? Or do you want to do that first? Okay. Or? okay, we'll do questions and answers first. Yeah. We're going to sponsor. I don't care. Okay. Athlinks.com. Check out athlinks.com. Why, John? Because um, you should, because we, we've talked about this before, but if you don't, um, you know, not all your friends in the world are going to be athletes and they're not necessarily going to be on athlinks.com. Yep. Um, but if you're on another social networking site like Facebook, um, obviously a lot of them will be. And if you want them to hear about your races so they can maybe just see what you're up to. If you've got your results um, stored in Athlinks, when you just go onto there, you go onto my results, and next to each result, you've got a little Facebook icon. You just click on that. Um, you've got to give Athlinks permission to sort of uh, the first log, time, first time yeah. log into your Athlinks yeah. account, and then you basically you can export all your face your, your your results from Athlinks onto Facebook, and just pops up saying you know Bevan Isles ran the whatever they ever did this time, um, and then people can sort of see what you're up to, and and you can just. Uh, Make sure they know what you're doing. And it's more of a detailed way of showing it too, isn't it? Instead of you just saying, hi, oh, I did a run race on the weekend, you could actually send the link, which then they can go to Athlinks and exactly. see what you did. So your it shows place more. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and your rivals and, and, yeah. and your, where you finished and uh, and your splits and whether it was a PB, etc. So uh, it's a good way for... And you don't have to make it compulsory, so you only put it on Facebook when you had a great race. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you've had some blinders. Oh, yeah, yeah they're on Facebook. Where are those bad ones? I never had bad races. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a good way for, for you to help us to share the, the word about um, about athletes as well is because uh, you may have athletes that are on Facebook that don't know about athletes um, that maybe don't listen to our show and so it's another way to Surely spread not, the athletes world of love Actually, I was thinking about that, the whole um, spreading the word of, of well, no let's wrap up athletes so athletes.com it's a great place to keep all your results and all that kind of stuff if you want to tell your word about it on Facebook link into it it's a no brainer you've obviously got to claim all your results and then you just click on the little Facebook icon and uh, it goes it takes I did it the other day. It takes five or ten minutes before it shows up in, in Facebook. Great, great. So, athletes.com, social networking for endurance athletes. If you're not on there, get on there. Okay, so uh, I might talk about that at the end. Bike jerseys. Bike jerseys, John. I'm doing another short order of bike jerseys. It's going to be in by this weekend. So, if you want one, uh, get in touch with me and they'll be getting made in the next couple of weeks. John. So. Great yes. work. Okay. Um, sorry, sorry. So Sam, Sam Anderson, he sent through 
Um, he made this little. Uh, wait a second, I'm gonna pull up. He made this little YouTube clip of the Des and Troy. I get I get apprehensive when you add things into the show that I don't know anything about. Uh, look, he's done it of me. Yes. He's got, and, and I'm gonna do a voiceover for it so he can add the the sound to it. Yeah. So wait, I'm gonna start again. This is what I'm doing. So well, just for you who don't know, he's made this little cartoon of it. It's got meet Bevan, meet Des, meet Troy together. They destroy. Yeah. But he's only got the visual. He needs the audio. And I said, well, I'll put it in this week's show. Yeah. And then he can copy it into there. So here we go. I'm gonna go go from the start. Yeah. Maybe I should say I'm Bevan instead of say yeah. meet Bevan. Yeah. Okay, ready? Okay, say so, so I'm Bevan. Meet Des. Hi Des. <laughs> Meet Troy. Hi Troy. And together we destroy. Nice. So now you can add that in there and there'll be a life change. There'll probably be the biggest hit on YouTube tomorrow. It's had 40 views already. Oh, probably 5 million tomorrow. So yeah. there you go. It's probably me viewing it 40 times. <laughs> so uh, Sam, you can do that now. Okay, just one other thing. James Wise on Botel was giving you a hard time about the word... Uh, Wanker? Yeah. Last week on the show. Why did, who did I call Wanker? Well, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember you hearing it, but apparently you said when Thomas was in the room. Did I? Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. Parenting skills, John, please up them a little bit. Okay, <laughs> because young kids, they hear everything. It's all good until they say the word back at you, and then you're like, oh, I'm a bad parent. Thomas, okay. Thomas has got bugger. That's his one. Bugger's all right. Yeah, I'd much rather bugger than yeah. something else. Yep. Um, to be honest, I'm a, I'm a really bad swearer. Mm. I, I swear like a trooper. Mm. I, you know, I can't deny it. But the funny thing is my daughter hasn't, hasn't picked it up. So I'm hoping that she doesn't follow her father's footsteps. I'm sure she will. Well, we're going to Kona, John. We're going to Kona in 2011. We've been talking about flights, so it's kind of pretty much locked in. Remember mm-hmm. endurance travel, if you're thinking about heading to a race. Yes. Got some endurance travel. Put that on my to-do list as well, John. <laughs> um, endurance travel. So, um, But the reason we're going to Kona is because you guys are supporting us getting there, and, and the way you're doing it is giving donations to the show. Every donation that we get this year is about getting us to Kona, and these people have given us, kindly donated to the show, and so it's time to heat out some nicknames. If you do donate to the show, you get a nickname, an I Am Talk nickname, and to be honest, you should get it tattooed. That's right. If Actually, if someone gets it tattooed, we'll give them an I Am Talk jersey. Yeah, that's right. Are, are we willing that's to commit to that? You, no, you've given me an idea. Okay, go. What we need to do is we need to get some tattoos, you know, just, oh, just stick to hand on out to people. Yeah, stick nice. on tattoos. But I'll take it to the next level here, John. <laughs> okay, you take if, it. If someone who's ever had an I Am Talk nickname, yeah. a real tattoo, not you know one that goes off two weeks later, yeah. with their I Am Talk nickname... Yep. On them, we'll yep. give them a free Iron Talk jersey. I'm willing to give them a commit to that. Okay. You're willing to commit to that? Because you are the we'll boss. I'm we'll just complete. We've got to make sure it's, it's legit. Yeah, it needs to be that. proven. Yep. Mm. Yep. But if you do it, so these people here might do that, John. So okay. you want to start? Do you want to do your one and then yep. my one? Cormac, Mighty Duck Ryan. Where did Mighty Duck come from? Well, you see, the story was one of our bike jerseys that went out there um, was uh, it was a little bit small for the guy that got it. But yep. his, one of his colleagues at work, who is Cormac Ryan, he liked it. He said, I'll, I'll buy that. And then he did it to the show? No, well, no, he bought the jersey, but he he, tried, he hustled me for a deal because then they didn't have to send the jersey oh, back. Oh, nice. So, so I was trying to go in the Scrooge McDuck sort of angle. Nice. And I came out with Mighty Duck. Mighty Duck, love your work. Okay, well, I've got John Michael Stoughton, and I've got him as Big John Stud. Nice. Do you remember who he was? He was a wrestler. Big John Stud, was he? Yeah, he was a big, he had big, big, big. WWF? Yeah, big time. And uh, he was one of Hulk Hogan's kind of enemies for a while. Yeah. Big tall dude, big and big, long blonde hair. But I, John, and I just thought stud, kind of Stoughton, you know, kind of, and he's a big stud. You, yes. know, you know what stud means, don't you? Yes. Ladies love him. Yes. So John, big John stud. There you go. One of a person who commented on our Facebook page today was uh, Jules Gorham. Jewel, oh, she's got Julie, Stargazer Gorham. Nice, where'd that come from? Her, on her Athlinks picture, or it might have been her Facebook one, she was, um, she was lying back on a park bench, just sort of, 
relaxing, looked like she'd just been smoked from a race, and uh, looking up at the stars. Nice, that's a good one, John. Um, Richard Mary. Now, I was going to get a Mary as in drunk, mm. and I looked up drunk passwords, and to be honest, yeah. they, they were more offensive than friendly, <laughs> so I kind of thought, well, let's look at him as a fast triathlete, and I got foot down fast, Richard Mary. Nice. Because he puts the foot down, and he just goes for it. Nick knows uh, Nick Rose, who's a regular contributor to the show. Thank you, Nick. If you sign up for the, we've got the, you give a donation or you can go onto the recurring, one, recurring payment, which is like a dollar a show, four dollars a month. So Nick's gone over to that. Nick knows Rose was his name he had. No, it's the Admiral. Okay, is it? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. So, so he calls himself the Admiral John. He doesn't call himself Nose. <laughs> if you get Nose done, we might give you free. Uh... <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get the Admiral on your nose, yeah. we'll give it to you. Okay, uh, Matthew Evans, uh, Pain Packer, because he packs the pain and smashes you out with it. Nice, nice. Stuart ball breaker butler <laughs> you've taken it to the next level because Stuart uh, was, when I went on to Athlinks there was two Stuart butlers um, and so hopefully I got the right one but he was wearing like black shades black t-shirt black top and he had his arms up in the air he looked a bit like ACDC nice yeah so nice I went on to ACDC ball buster yep ball, yeah, you like ball that, breaker yeah. ball breaker hard as a rock yep. I haven't known the song okay uh, you did that one Catherine the Terrier oh. Floodquist. Oh, John, this could be controversial. Tell me about yeah, it. She's from Terryville or something like oh, that. Oh, because Terrier is, is a type of four-legged animal. Yeah, but she's a terrier. She goes after things. Oh, Terrier's no, a little rips them up. Rips them up. Great. Well, how do you say that name, John? That's why I gave that one. Leonides Montero. Now, I just think there was like, I just thought art. Yes. I just thought, you know, like intelligent. What, an, yep. what a wicked name. I tell you what, if you're a single man out there yep. and that's your name, hoping it's a man. Don't know. I'm pretty sure it is, but maybe it's not. But if you're a single person, yep. that's your name. You just pick up because of your name. You do. And so I've called them. Yes. <laughs> the gifted artist. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Get that one tattooed. Yep. Michael, the Governor Walker. I think we should put the, the UK slang on that. Governor. Governor. The governor. What if he's not from the UK? I know, but just kind of, you know, okay. the governor. No, the particular, governor. no particular reason I gave him that name. It just sort of came to me, I just thought. Yes. It, was, it was an epiphany. Yep. It was an epiphany. Okay, lastly, uh, now I did research on this one. Lisa Beck, I've called her Tries Pandora. Because Pandora, now here we go, look at this Wikipedia, even to my yeah. piece. And she was. Um, goddess um, or something. She was the goddess of giving gifts. Right. And so I'm saying that she is Triathlon's goddess of giving gifts. Pandora's box. You open it up and you've got... Hence Pandora. So she is Tri's Pandora. Mm -hmm. Lisa Beck. So there we go, people. Uh, That's how you get your nickname. We'll put that on our website today, www.imtalk.me. But again... Is that on your list? It's the fourth star. (laughs) I put stars and I go, what were they about? Um... If you want to get us a Kona, honestly, it really does help because it's a huge cost. And, you know, we, we really want to get, well, we're going, but it's just mm. your help is what gets us there. And we did, we're pretty proud of the work we did last time and we'll be doing, if not better this time, John. It's going to be a hell of a lot better. Hell of a lot. Yep. Okay, no John. wiping your head on, your sweaty head on a pillow this time. Well, it's pretty hot, John, and we didn't have aircon. We didn't have aircon. Yes. I put that on stipulations this year. So we've got aircon? I don't know, but I said I'd, I'd like aircon, please. Yeah. It was pretty, John and I, it was a little bit weird, really, because we we're wearing our tops off and stuff, but it's okay. <laughs> Sponsors? Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking. Get your results on Facebook. Coffees of Y. Uh, check out our, our specials page. It's one of the stars on his page. Nice. And Extreme Endurance. Yeah, we did write that one down. And, uh... 
Get, if you're in Australia and New Zealand, you can still get it. So. If you've got questions about extreme endurance, email me. Okay, John. So last week at the end of the show, I said to you, John, next week we have to have something that you've done that's big. Can't just turn up and say, oh, Thomas has been dressing up like a girl or... That was pretty big in my world. Yeah, John, no. So I've got a big story. Okay. Oh, mine's huge, but I want to hear yours first. My big story <laughs> is... I oh, bought a Garmin 800 last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I've got a Garmin 800 that tells me exactly where I need to be going on the bike. So when we go to Epic Camp France, I'm not going to get lost. Really? And my other big story is... Uh, but, but you're telling Melina you're pretty impressed with the Garmin. The Garmin, it looks, looks good. It looks I wish good. my phone would shut up. I right wish your phone would shut up. Yeah. Um, but no, they're very, they look very, very good in terms of getting me from A to B and not getting lost. Wow, so that was... And that was my big story of the week. Outside of that... I don't have any big stories. Basically, my life revolves around my kids. But John, John, I said to us, I made a commitment. I said, okay, my other big commitment is I'm going camping with Thomas. We have a a night out at preschool. The weekend after next, I don't know how they're going to fill the tents in, but it doesn't have to be father and son. It can be a parent. You actually do it at preschool. We we camp the night out at preschool. It's going to be our first night camping, so I'm excited about that. Pick it up. I thought you were going to take Felicity in. Well, this this is going to be the precursor. Linda's actually away next weekend. That's a bit of a big story. She's away for three days. First time I've got both the kids for like three nights. You know what happens there, John? Yes, I do. It's party time. (laughs) I know it isn't. You have a newfound respect for a woman. I know. No, you do, John, because I I remember when I was a kid, I thought they just watched Oprah all day and just did nothing. They do. And then when you have a kid... Yeah. Is that not me? <laughs> yeah, that was John Newsom <laughs> with an E. <laughs> no. um, and then and then I had a kid, and I, and I knew found respect. You're, no, you're going to be tired. Sweet. Iron Man is nothing compared to two kids by yourself. I'm sweet. Uh, yes. Well, so, Bevan, what's your big story? I made my commitment. Life's about stories. Yes. I gave up drinking 13 years ago. Okay, that story's probably flown by by now, but yep. 13 years ago because I, was a, I wasn't a very good drinker. Yes. I did stupid things and mm-hmm. I decided my life would be better without alcohol. John, mm-hmm. last Tuesday night, yeah, I got drunk. You got drunk a little while ago with Joe as well. No, uh, I, last, when I got drunk with Joe, I tried a couple of wines and I got yeah, a little bit tiddly. Yeah. John, I got plastered. Oh, very nice. <laughs> just just for the show, you went out and got plastered. So I was like, I'm yourself. committed to my story. Yeah. So what happened was, before I even tell the story, I won't be drinking again. <laughs> no good can come from drinking. That's what I've discovered. But basically, I was trying to get a friend drunk for a certain situation, which I can't really go into, but for a certain situation, and he wouldn't get drunk. And I said, look, mate, I'll drink if you drink. Mm. He said, okay. Now, I sculled five Hanukkah Heinekens in 30 minutes, right? which was probably my biggest mistake. That's but the, the worst thing was that they had laced it with vodka, and I didn't know. Oh, no. So I literally lasted... About an hour, yeah, and then I was asleep. Woke up in the morning, bed full of spew. Yeah. Wasn't, my, wasn't my happy place. Two things I discovered: you spewed John. in the bed. Oh yeah, I spewed. That's disgusting. Like, over myself. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing was, I was in a hotel room and I cleaned it up as much as I could. And I made a pile and I made a note to oh. the cleaner saying, "I'm really sorry, the spew in these sheets." Did you and slip them in an easy twenty or something? No, but I did say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes I'm sure they appreciate that. <laughs> but I did. All they had to do was pick, like. Yeah. Pick it up without, yeah. And, I did mix it. It the other and I did leave a note making it clear that it was there. But the thing was, I discovered two things. I forgot how great it feels to run when you're drunk. Most mm, run a lot. Yeah. You feel fast, don't you? Because mm-hmm. your, your eyes, mm-hmm. I did enjoy that. And the second thing I discovered, John, because I forgot this, because it's been 13 years since I've drunk, I'm a loving drunk. Right. You know what, I, you know what John? Is, if I was is, drunk right now. Is, is, is it loving slash annoying? Because I, you know, because I was talking to someone the next day, and he said, "What's funny about you is you don't talk about yourself. You tell people how great they are." 
Mm. So if I was drunk right now, John, I'd be going, you know what you are, John? You're a great man. Oh, you know, you're great for triathlon. You're great to work with. You're a great dad. I'd be for hours. Okay. So I'm actually quite fun to hang around when nice. I drink until I fall asleep. Yes, and chunder on yourself. And chunder on myself. It wasn't a good night. And and the next day, because when I did drink, I gave up drinking when I was 19. So mm. I never had a hangover. Mm. Wednesday was horrible. Mm. So so never again, John. So never again. So your job what this week. What about in uh, Kona Sunday night? No. Case was party. No, because no, it was actually. It wasn't fun, mm. and 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 the thing I do know about myself is that whatever I do, it's one hundred and ten percent. And there was a real example of that. Mm. And so, no, stay away from the bad influences in life. Team. So I, I kept up to my end of the bargain. So did I. I'm going camping <laughs> at preschool. <laughs> Living on the edge. If you haven't checked that challenge one It's going to be on um, TV and Z. It's on, it's on again one. today. It's on eleven o'clock today. There you go. So I'm check it out. You can listen to me talk. Because you, you, you don't get enough of it in your life. <laughs> Alright, John. I'm Russ. I'm Mino. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Oh, and by the way, by the way, what? somebody sent through this morning that Kieran Doe won the Aaron Baker Triathlon at the weekend, which <laughs> it's a bit late for news, mate. Somebody sent through. I saw it on your picture. We haven't mentioned it. Oh, well done, Kieran Doe. There you go. I hope you do well in Ironman New Zealand. Here we go. <laughs>